The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. WBGR 104.1 Grand Rapids, Michigan's NPR news leader. It's six o'clock. We have not seen any. We're going to go ahead and bring the Committee of the Whole meeting for February 14th to order. Let the record reflect a starting time of 6.01. And with that being said, Clerk Boat, would you please take the roll? Councilmember Hussein? Here. Councilmember Wood? Here. Councilmember Spadafore? Councilmember Spitzley? Here. Councilmember Garza? Here. Councilmember Jackson? Present. Councilmember Brown? Here. Councilmember Daniels? Here. You have seven members present. Fantastic. Please note that uh, Councilman Spadafore did ask for an excused absence tonight. Uh, that being said, we have a number of meeting minutes. We had a very busy uh, couple of weeks as we worked to uh, kind of maneuver ourselves through the process to appoint a uh, successor uh, to Mr. Brandon Betts, uh, who resigned earlier this year. Uh, so we have a number of meeting minutes that need to be acted on. Uh, so I turn the floor over to Vice President Wood. Thank you, President Hussein. I would move the minutes collectively of January 24th, January 31st, First meeting, January 31st, interviews, February 1st, and February 7th. All right, there is a motion on the floor. Further discussion? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All those opposed, same sign. Motion carries. That brings us to uh, public comment on agenda items. Um, I'm not seeing anybody from the public uh, that is with us today. Uh, and so we are actually going to move uh, straight into our presentations. Uh, and the only agenda item uh, under presentations deals with our outside auditor presentation. Uh, we have on hand uh, with us for the second year in a, a row, Steve Kernovic from Manor Kasterian. He's going to come on down and, and visit us in the well uh, for a little bit. We also have uh, our finance director, uh, Ms. Desiree Kirkland, as well as our budget director, uh, who is uh, Mr. Jake Brower. I see there's an additional chair. Eric, can you help pull this chair up? And Mark, could we potentially get you to reposition up here? Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you so much. Just to, just to kind of preface, uh, in, in terms of your actual packet, uh, you do have the capper for the fiscal year ending June 30th, 2021. Uh, you also have the independent auditor's report uh, on in con internal control over financial reporting and on compliance. Uh, we also have our annual, uh, annual sorry, internal auditor's analysis of the CAFR. Um, and then you just received an audit presentation uh, that Mr. Kernovic will go through uh, momentarily. Uh, this is our second year uh, working with Manor Kasterian uh, to provide a little bit of context because we certainly will be talking about um, comments. Comments are essentially um, uh, findings of weakness. Uh, and last year, I believe we had eight 
Uh, and at that time, um, there was a question, I believe it was actually from uh, Councilwoman, uh, Vice President Wood, sorry, uh, regarding uh, expectations uh, and what we should see um, if we're doing everything uh, that we possibly can through our process to take care of those. Um, and it was discussed that um, with eight, uh, the, the expectation would be to see growth, I think, across all common areas, um, but to you know work to try to eliminate one to two per year. I think at that time, uh, Mr. Kernovic, you actually uh, referenced the city you had worked with that had some 36 comments. Uh, and over a period of five or six years, I think they were able to get that to zero. So we're certainly hoping um, that we've realized some, some growth across the areas and that we've rid got rid of some of these, some of these particularly these repeat comments. Uh, and with that being said, I'm gonna turn the floor over to you. Thank you. Yeah, make sure you have the green light on. Okay, maybe pull it up yeah. just a bit. Ah, how about there that? You go. There we go. Sorry about that. It wasn't. I thought it looked lit, but it wasn't lit. So, um, um, but as far as the financial statements, I know they've been distributed. Um, the overall presentation or the look of the financial statements, if you were to, to compare those to last year, very consistent with with what you saw last year. Um, you know, and I kind of want to just as kind of general comments is is thank everybody, all the departments. A lot goes into putting this you know 200 and some page report out, and 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 so we are greatly appreciative of of all the departments and all the individuals. We do a lot of poking and prodding and, and digging into various different areas, and and uh, so that overall process is. Um, very time-consuming, um, even though it was it was our second year, um, still learning your processes and procedures, who has what, and, and that type of thing. So, I mean, obviously it was you know a little bit easier this year, but we're still learning. So that's that that is uh, um, things did go um, very well this year. So, like I said, thank you to all of those departments. Um, what I'll plan to do is, is basically I'll let you folks kind of direct me on, on where you'd like to go. I have some financial information that we can talk about. I know comments are, are obviously important, so we can talk about those two. And then, um, like I said, the, the outline, the presentation that I handed out has some graphs and so forth attached to it. So we can... Yeah, I think, I think start with a high-level uh, kind of overview of the financial aspect, and then let's get into the comments. Wonderful. Okay. Um, so in, in the financial statements, if you have happen to have it or, or um, if you don't, that's fine too. You don't really need it to, to um, hear what I have to say. So in the report, one of the first components of the report is our independent auditor's report. So even though we've you know, typed and put the report together and, and bound everything, um, this is the only thing in the report that is Maynard Kasterison's. And this is the main objective of the audit process. It starts on page 13 if you did have, uh, happen to have the report. But this is our opinion on your financial statements. So the main objective of the audit process um, you know, is, is to um, issue this statement to be able to say that everything is in accordance with generally accepted accounting principles. So, um, and this opinion here is what we call a clean or an unmodified opinion. Um, so I always tell councils and commissions that's the best possible opinion that you can get. It's saying that everything is in accordance with generally accepted accounting principles. So um, if you were looking at this, it's basically that the um, paragraph is on the top of page 14 gives, gives that unmodified opinion. So that's what, as your audit was transmitted to Treasury, and it goes to your bonders and your grantors and, and all, and you as a council and, and so forth and management, that's what you want is that good, clean, unmodified opinion. And, and that's what you have at the start of the financial statements um, uh, for June 30, 2021. Um, again, I'll just kind of touch on some totals and, and some things that are, are larger um, presentation-wise in the financial statements. Again, if you had them in front of you, pages 32 and 33, 
I'll just kind of touch on again some totals. Um, this details out all of the city's um, assets and liabilities on what we call the full accrual basis of accounting. Um, so it starts out with assets, flows through all of assets, comes to liabilities, and then resulting uh, equity or net position flows over to page 33. But just a couple items that I'll point you to. Um, again, if you don't have it in front of you, it's, it's perfectly fine. Um, net pension liability and net um, other post-employment benefit liabilities. Those are always areas of, uh, of um, interest, you know, for council members and, and so forth. Um, both of those, um, if you were, again, looking on page uh, 33, your net pension liability at the end of June 30, 2021, was approximately 294,000. Um, and then the net, and I'll refer to it as OPEB just because it's a little easier to say, the net OPEB liability um, was about 219,000, or 219 million, excuse me, 219 million. So both of those liabilities down substantially from 2020. So if, if you were to look at a 2020 audit, your net pension uh, liability is down about 49 million from 20 to 21. And then the net OPEB liability is down about 345 million um, from 20 to 21. So substantial decreases in both of those liabilities. So as, and 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 the majority of that is is you obviously have a some or you have um, actuarial studies done each year, um, and they made some modifications. The city made some modifications, and and then they obviously flow those through the the OPEB and the pension um, uh, actuarial studies. So there were some changes in assumptions. Um, for, for pension, um, changes in assumptions, um, additional employer contributions, and investment income was up. So, so if you had, you know, you had uh, changes in assumptions, which actually increased the liabilities, but some of those other things decreased the liabilities. So the net effect was that $49 million decrease to the, to the net pension um, liability. So that's positive. Um, you know, there, there was, um, and then also for the uh, OPEB, the other post-employment benefit, like I said, that's down about 345 million. So again, changes in assumptions. So there was, uh, you know, redu reductions of inflation rates, and 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 there's a there's a discount rate that they utilized as far part of the calculation. Um, those assumption decreases, and then things were a little bit better than expected. So so basically, over that um, actuarial study from 2020 to 2021 that was the driver for those decreases. So, um, so still large numbers, you know, still obviously very large numbers, but substantially decreased from 20 to 21. So those are, those are positive things. And that's really all I wanted to point out there on, on that statement, because those are always, you know, usually, like I said, areas of, of interest to, to council members. Um, and then, then to, again, if you've got the financial statements, page 38, I'm just gonna touch on real briefly on the general fund. Um, uh, fund balance numbers, and then we can talk about the, we can go into the, um, the letters. Um, but looking at, on page 38, just to kind of touch on um, the uh, um, fund balance for the general fund. Obviously, you have, you know, substantial number of funds. Um, the general fund is, is the one that handles the majority of the, the general operations of the city. Um, and, and so just to point you to one number here, um, on, on this page is, uh, like I said, page 38, the unassigned fund balance, a little over 21 million. So unassigned fund balance at June 30, 2021, um, at 20,229,000. Um, that's approximately 17% um, uh, of your annual expenditures sitting in fund balance, so good healthy fund balance. This year there was a pretty, uh, pretty significant increase to fund balance. I'll, I'll point you to that page, but 
usually the rule of thumb, and that's you know one of the main questions that we see as, as auditors is, how much do we have in fund balance, and what do you recommend we have in fund balance? And, and so usually the rule of thumb that, that we utilize in our firm and, and kind of across the profession is, is uh, 15 to 20% of annual expenditures is a good rule of thumb in fund balance, and you're sitting as of June 30, 2021 at 17%. So you're right, you know, you're right in that 15 to 20%, you know, and, and, but really that's our rule of thumb, but it really depends on what you have planned for the future and what you as, you know, as council has planned. I know you have um, uh, a kind of a, a revenue projection that you utilize, and, and that's roughly 15% of your current year revenues sitting in that number. So again, I think that's right within, within line with your, um, your fund balance policy for the, for the city. And then just to touch on totals, if you, if you have the audit again, page 40, um, total, I'll just touch on total revenues again, looking at the general fund. Um, page 40 is the statement of revenues, expenditures, and changes in fund balance. So kind of an income, you know, income statement. Total revenues for the year, 141 million. Um, that's up about seven, uh, seven million from last year to this year. So, pretty consistent. You know, revenue sharing was up, and and some other areas um, were were up for 2021, but about a seven million dollar increase. Uh, the biggest area is expenditures were down. As you see, total expenditures 119 thousand or 119 million, excuse me, uh, in in uh, in expenditures. Expenditures are down about 11 million from last year to this year. So from 2020 to 2021, um, ex expenditures were down about 11 million. So what that means is you had a revenues over expenditures or you added to fund balance um, for the year ended June 30, 2020 um, of that 19,651,000. So they said that addition went into, into fund balance and there was some, there was some assignments of that um, fund balance amount and so forth, but, um, but you know, a good healthy fund balance as of June 30, 2021. And to, to take those graphs that I hopefully hit everybody with, um, that kind of takes all the, all, a lot of those numbers and, and boils them down into a couple pictures. So if you were to, to take a look at those, um, the first one, again, just so you can kind of visualize things, the first one is a uh, bar chart of, of revenues, expenditures, and then resulting fund balance um, for, the, for the city. Revenues being blue, um, expenditures being burgundy, and then resulting fund balance being, being yellow there. So, so as you can see, you know, four of the last five years, uh, 17, 18, 20, and 21, you've had revenues over expenditures. So you've added to fund balance in those years. So that's, you know, that's a positive trend, very, very positive. Obviously the trick will be to, to keep those as close as possible, you know, going forward into, into the future. And then the other graph that's attached is a, is a pie chart, again, kind of showing you where your revenues and your expenditures come from, from the, for the general fund. So revenues at the top, expenditures at the bottom, and, and very common um, uh, and, and very consistent graph here for revenues. 31% of your revenues, property tax revenue, that was 30% last year, so very consistent. Um, income tax at that Burgundy area at 26%. That was 28% last year. So again, revenue is very consistent from 20 to 21. And then expenditures at the bottom, um, the, the largest area there, 61% of your expenditures for um, public safety. So that's obviously police, fire. Uh, and, and that was 58% last year, so pretty consistent. The next largest area is that blue shaded area at 14%. Um, titled general government, this is kind of the, the states, but that uh, categorizations, but those are your courts and your clerk, 
finance, human resources, attorney, you know, all that, city attorney, everything, that kind of, the general operational costs of, of the city are included in that, in that blue shaded area. So, um, so that kind of gives you a little bit of, a little bit of background, kind of a high level background of, of the um, revenues, expenditures, and, and where fund balance shook out for the, for the general fund. Um, we can touch on the, touch on the letters, and we can go into those as in depth as you want, just to also mention, um, uh, part of the, the audit process is also auditing the federal compliance and auditing your federal dollars and, and then issuing what we call the single audit or the, um, the audit under uniform guidance. Um, that is usually, and historically that's been done about March. Um, that's just about done now. I think we have a, just a handful of things. So the expectation would be, in fact, we, we just sent a draft out. And, and uh, so there, that should hopefully hit your, hit your inboxes and, and, uh, um, for finance and, and so forth. Um, but I would envision getting that probably processed by the end of the month. So that should be three weeks or so ahead. So that's, you know, again, as we, we talk about progress, that's, I think, a positive thing that, that we were able to, even substantially more dollars in federal dollars this year, but we're able to get that audit processed and, and, uh, and get that federal compliance component of that, um, I would assume, done substantially sooner. Okay, if we could pause just for a second. Absolutely. Uh, Councilwoman Spitzley. Well, I mean, I, I have several questions, so do you want to wait okay. until he's done? Or? Yeah. Okay, that's it's fine. Only because... No, that's fine. I don't yeah. have a problem with I anticipate just, you'll probably have to start yep, the you. presentation. Thank you. And then, so also, um, as we talked, you know, and I know last year um, we talked a lot about the, the internal control letter. So obviously, like I said, as part of that process, we audit the, the numbers, and, and but we also look at your processes and procedures, systems, and, and all of those various different uh, um, uh, procedures. And then as a result, we issue that internal control letter. And, and uh, um, so was improvement this year. Um, as, as you can see, and, and as was mentioned at the start, there were eight comments last year. And within those comments, and, and we can kind of touch on those too, is, is um, there were multiple components. So there maybe was, there was a particular comment um, related to pensions last year. And that had, I believe, and I could, I've got uh, last year's back there, but um, I believe we had eight or nine components of, of uh, issues within that finding. Um, and then this year, that comment is still there. So the, the comment is still there, but there's, I think, three or four components. So, so I, I mean, I look at that and say, the comment is still there but it, there's less components to it. And, and so there was some improvement on that. It wasn't completely taken care of and completely um, resolved, but there was progress moving forward on that. So, um, so like I said, that's, that's, kind of the, um, that's kind of the particulars on that. To, to go through those, um, I don't know what would be easiest, if it'd be easiest to open it up for questions or if you'd prefer to have me kind of go through each, each point and and point by point, or what, what, whatever I, I, folks would prefer. I would prefer, unless I see some, some head shaking, I would prefer point by point. Is that okay with you guys? Okay, let's do that. Okay, all right, great. Um, so the, the first comment there in, the, in that uh, internal control letter was related to um, material journal entries. So um, as part of that process, what we do is, is we take, uh, part of the audit process, we take a um, download of your system and, and, and we start with that to get to this audit report that you see in front of you. And historically, pre maybe 15 or 20 years ago, um, we would start with that, what we would call that beginning trial balance, that unadjusted trial balance, your unadjusted financial records. And we would come to this document 
and we never really talked about <laughs> what happened in between. And, and so as part of um, kind of full disclosure and so forth, um, there was a requirement to discuss that process of the in-between, you know, in-between what we started with and, and what, what is presented to council or commissioners and, and that type of thing as, as part of that audit process. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and so that is, that is what this first comment relates to. As, as part of that process, um, there were some material journal entries that we proposed as part of the audit process um, and that your finance department then went ahead and posted and, and, and working through that, they also had entries once we got our, our trial balance, they gave us proposed and provided entries to us. So, so that process, the, the, um, the, I don't know, Commissioner Spitz, I don't know. Yeah, so what, what we're gonna do is this. Um, if we can go point by point, then what we'll actually do is just open it up for questions after each point. Okay, discussion. perfect, perfect. Uh, so Councilman Spitz, we'll go ahead. Thank you, Mr. President. First, before we start, can you tell me what a material weakness is? Yes, and, and actually there is also a definition of it within, um, within the, within the yeah, letter I, here. I, I can read the definition, but okay. I, I'm talking about for the folks who are maybe listening. Absolutely, yes, absolutely. So as part of the process and, and as part of our, what we would call our findings, there's kind of, there's two levels, three, thir a third level also, but, but the top level of the most um, significant issue as we see them would be that material weakness. So as we're looking at processes and procedures and internal controls and, and all that type of thing, if we see a, a particular issue that um, is a significant, is a deficiency that warrants um, comment and it's at the highest level of, of deficiency, that's the, a definition of a material weakness. So is it, is it, is it true in fact that this 2021-001 material journal entry is a material weakness? Yes, ma'am, yes. Yeah, oh. the first, um, I believe. I, okay, the and first. then after that, this one has, you, you said that uh, there's been some um, improvement and that this year there's only eight comments. Is that eight new comments or just eight comments in general? And does that mean that some comments have been consolidated? No, and, and actually, so there were eight last year, there are seven this year, so actually one, one was resolved, one of the comments was resolved um, in total. So there's one less comment this year than, than last year. So, um, you know, I think if, if you, know, you were to go to the end, 2021-7 is the last one this year. If you had last year's letter, there were eight. Okay. And there are comments no new comments. And, and so under the material journal entries, this has been, um, flagged by the um, independent auditors for the past one, two, three, four, five years, and th the same recommendations on how to address these audits. So I will ask the same question I asked last year. When, you know, I know that you're as an internal auditor, so I'll ask the administration or direct it to the administration is, you know, we're having the same issues over our journal entries um, for the proper, you know, um, for financial statements within the city's accounting records, and we've had the same comments for the past five years. And so what steps are being taken that are different from last year to try to reconcile this so that it is not a material weakness next year? I, I think that know. is, is that a, quarter, a, sorry, a question better asked of uh, Ms. Mrs. Kirkland. Mrs. Kirkland, go ahead. Thank you, I, I will tell you that uh, after reading the report, didn't know it was five years, um, 
same comment. Uh, my background is auditing. I sat down with the staff and said, we are going to develop a plan to address these findings. I'm also meeting with the outside auditor to get his information and what we need to do to move forward. So we're definitely working very hard starting now to address each and every one of these findings and also to tighten up any type of internal control weakness. So hopefully the different plan than what Mr. Brower told us they were yeah, doing last the, year. Yes. That's, that's the same comment we got last year is that we're putting together a plan to, to address these. So I am. Um, yeah, and I, I think I think part of the issue last year is you know obviously sitting in that chair was uh, Robert Whittigan, yeah. and you know at the time I remember Robert saying that um, you know, he was going to work with the budget director, he was going to work with the internal auditor, uh, he was going to work with the CSO, he was going to work with he actually said a number of times we're going to keep council very close, um, we're going to report back to council often, uh, and that never that never occurred obviously, and then obviously we had some transi transiency in the office, um, so. Um, we are happy to hear that, and, and we certainly, I think, um, hope that we're kept in the loop. Um, you know, obviously, as the year progresses, and, and certainly hope to see some growth, some some additional growth. I know we did see some growth, uh, but some additional growth next year. Thank you. And can I also just mention also, unfortunately, when these findings are brought to our attentions, we're halfway into the fiscal year, which then basically takes you about two years to correct things. So even though we will correct them, they could still be findings next year with a kinder, you know, sort of like a kinder tone to say, yes, they corrected these, but uh, we could likely see the same findings only because we're halfway into the fiscal year. So you would, you know, they could be eliminated, depends on, you know, the, our external auditors, but we're definitely working to address them and I would be happy to come back and give you an update. Um, so on the first comment, Councilwoman Wood, do you have a question? Uh, thank you, President Hussein. Um, my question has to do with, I'm not sure whether the internal, or whether the auditor or finance will be able to answer this. Because of this material weakness, is that the reason that the appropriate um, transfer of funds that were supposed to go to the retirement system did not get made? I that could be, be that. That was an error, from my understanding, and Jay can probably address that a little bit more. Yeah, so I believe and, that and might be. Let, just, just so the council members know that don't sit on the retirement board, that during the audit process, we were <coughs> told in the retirement system that um, 2,080 some dollars for the police and fire was not transferred um, into the retirement system and in the ERS, about $480,000 was not transferred. And these are deductions that come from employees. Yeah, so I, I don't believe that is related specifically to this entry, but that relates to a quarterly entry that we make. And I believe there was a misstep in the middle there where uh, a previous uh, accounting uh, operation hadn't been uh, done before uh, we made those contributions. So as uh, we took the liability that was on the books in the general fund for that, that we had missed the step of taking the liability that existed in other funds and transferring that to the general fund, and that is where the discrepancy occurred. And so now that has, that has been corrected in our procedures and will not happen again. 
and that was caught by the auditor. Is that correct? I, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to I, trying to put my finger on when when that happened. I don't. I guess I don't recall. But I mean, it might have been one of the one of the one of my you know staff members that that pointed that out to. Yeah, we could we could uh, look into the chain of events on how we came about that. And and again, because that money was not able to be invested, that was a loss to the retirement system. Any other questions? Any other comments on comment number one? All right, thank you. Okay. Oh, sorry, Mr. Brown. Um, thank you, President uh, Hussein. To uh, Councilman uh, Woods' um, point about the lost investment, uh, what was the time period? No, he's out of line. Hello? Okay. Sorry about that. Um, to Councilwoman um, Woods' point, uh, there was a lost investment. How long was this mistake? Uh, how, long, how long did it take to get this rectified? Uh, once we identified the error, we made the correction with the following payment uh, that was due to the system. And I don't believe that was a very long period of time. About a year? Is that what we're No, that's a long quarter. period of time. Uh, so notably, there's two different factors that we're considering here. There's uh, the annual required employer contribution, which is in the course of tens of millions of dollars that we're um, paying into the pension system. And then there's the employee contribution, which is withheld from paychecks and paid into the system on a quarterly basis. Now, previously, this was an operation that had occurred on an annual basis at the end of the year, but one of the improvements that we made was that we moved it to a quarterly schedule. So on a quarterly basis, uh, we reconciled this account and paid that amount. So that's an improvement from previous years. However, because of the operation that I had mentioned, uh, there was a small amount missing from those uh, payments until we caught that and fixed it. So Councilwoman um, Wood indicated it was 400000 mm -hmm. And so how long, so that was about a year, is that what I was hearing? No, one quarter. One, one quarter, quarter was correct. Mr. Brown. Okay, thank you. All right. Okay, Steve. Okay. Move on to number two, thank you. Great, yep. Um, so number two, um, reconciling items on the bank reconciliation. So. Obviously, as part of the, the process, the normal accounting process on a, on a monthly basis, um, preparation of bank reconciliations is, is extremely important. And so as part of that, you know, we get in and, and, and we look at those bank reconciliations and, and audit those bank reconciliations. As part of that reconciliation process at the city, um, as it says there, there were uh, many old outstanding reconciling items that had not been resolved on the on the bank rec. So those were were sitting out there, old outstanding checks and 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 uh, um, various different adjustments that had not been um, adjusted for. Um, and then also the timing of those. Kind of the best practice, as it says in the in there, is is you know usually after the month end, 30 to 45 days after that month end. Um, is kind of the best practice to have the bank reconciliation done, any adjustments to that posted, <coughs> excuse me, um, to your system, and, and so that way they don't sit out there and they're, you know, stale, so to speak, you know, and, and older items. Um, and then, but, so we did see improvement to, the, to that process um, as far as getting the bank reconciliations um, done a little more timely, and it kind of goes back to Ms. Kirkland's um, point, is that, some of those items um, 
earlier in the year, they were further behind. And, and as they got closer to that June 30 time period, they were getting closer to being caught up. But obviously we look at the whole year. So that is, is part of that comment is continue to work to improve the timeliness of the bank reconciliation. And, and I appreciate that. I know that um, in our notes here, uh, some of that is tied to uh, staff re, you know, shortages and reductions. Um, Miss Kirkland, can you speak a little bit about that and, and talk about where we're at right now and, and the path forward in terms of making sure that we're fully staffed? So we are still working to be timely on our bank reconciliations. We do have two <coughs> part-time or contractual individuals here with us who are working on, uh, one's working on bank recs. We're looking to hire an accountant that would help us also would be timely with that and some other areas too. So we are still short staffed, so we're, but we're working to improve on all of those things. Councilwoman Spitzley. Thank you, Mr. President. Is this a material weakness? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, how old, because you're saying what you said was that you found improvement. However, when I'm looking at the report and I'm looking at my, my old report, the comments are the same. So the report isn't reflecting that that you that this improvement that you're telling me it's still 30 to 45 days after months end. Um, so I, if you could tell me what the improvement is, that would be helpful. That's the first yeah. thing. How old are some of these um, old? You said there were some of these old um, entries that have not been resolved. How old are they, if you know? And then I, you know I. I understand that there's a staffing issue, but I understand from the past one, two, three, four, five years that there's been a staffing issue. Um, so now we have contract workers. So when you're finished with yours, I'd like to know how long you've had the contract workers and what is your specific timeline that you think that you want to do to hire um, permanent workers to do this so that I can write it down so that next year I'll know if you've exactly, if you've in fact hired them. So you can answer my first, how old are some of the entries? And could you explain to me what are some of the improvements? Because I'm seeing the same verbiage this year that I saw last year, that I saw the year before, that I saw the year before. Right, yep. I mean, it's the exact yep. verbiage. Yep, and, and so a couple of the, what I would call improvements is that time period got closer to 45 days you know there's still it was still out there and in, in old but there was it wasn't 70 90 you know i mean it was it was up until um december ish by the time the the june wrecks were finished in 2020 this year it was about october november so there was a there was a shortening of the time period to get them completed still past the 45 days kind of that rule of thumb of 45 days best practice um but the improvement was that they were it wasn't you know 120 days out there so so that i i we saw that improvement also in 2020 um they did have outside assistance um help with those i think in 2021 and correct me if i'm wrong but I think in 2021, the city internal staff did them themselves. Um, so we felt that, you know, they're they're taking on more of that process. They're not farming out, you know, as much of that. So so that we felt was, like maybe they're, you know, 
getting it all on their plate, so to speak, and, and being able to, to handle it, the, you know, handle it within, internally within the city. So those are kind of a couple of the things that we saw that we, that we marked as improvement. Still, you know, not meeting that best practice of, you know, 30 to 45 days and so forth. Um, so hopefully that answers the and so Yeah, and so Mrs. Part. Kirkland to the second set of questions, please. Thank you. So one of the plans is we have 70 plus bank accounts. And the plan is to consolidate the best we can down those bank accounts. The second thing that we're doing immediately is dividing up those, all of those accounts to the staff. So everyone will be responsible so to reconcile timely the bank accounts. We do have one part-time or contractual person who came in right during the audit to help us get caught up on our bank recs and uh, I believe she's here until the end of March or so uh, to keep us current on those. Uh, we will be posting an accounting position hopefully before the end of this month and, and then we will still look to try to uh, get another accountant before the or at the beginning of the fiscal year. So the plan is to divide up the work to make sure everyone is aware and then to come back and be accountable to each other that these things are done on a timely basis. Councilwoman Spitzley, does that answer your question? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean that's that's what we heard last year too. So I'm hoping that, again, as we move forward, that that we can get some of this stuff and, and take them off the road. So yeah, I, I'm it answers my question. Didn't. All right, Vice President Wood. Um, Ms. Kirkland, this has nothing to do with you. I so I I, I want to preface that before I start. But I will tell you that I'm sick and tired of hearing about the fact that there's not enough staff. This has gone on for five years. That has been the excuse that we've heard since Angie Bennett was here. And we continue to hear that. And if there's a problem in the hiring process, then maybe we need to have HR in here. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm sorry, but um, you can't get your work done and we can't feel confident about it if we don't, if you don't have the staff. So, um, Mark, as I'm looking at, at you, um, I would like to know how long these positions have been open, how many times you've posted for them, is there an issue with the um, level that you're paying them at that you're not getting applicants? And I'd like that those answers back to this body as soon as possible. Yeah, and, and, to, and to that point, um, just so that you know, I've had a few conversations with um, Linda, as a matter of fact, and she would like to actually come in as part of our Committee of the Whole process um, and talk about the HR um, department, their processes, uh, some of the challenges that they're facing, um, their path forward. Uh, and so as part of our leadership meeting tomorrow, we're gonna actually take a look at um, our Committee of the Whole agenda over the next couple months and see when we can actually get them in here. Um, sorry, what's that? Uh, no, no, we, I, I told her I'd circle back with her once, once I talked uh, in leadership. Thank you. Uh, so do, do we have any other questions with regards to comment two? Seeing none, go ahead. So the third point um, is 2021-3, relates to pension and, and OPEB. Um, and this is, this is one of the ones that, um, again, if you were to look at this comment last year, um, it had nine, what I would call, components to it. 
Um, and, uh, and so those issues that were in there, um, you know, were kind of, you know, laid out within the, within the condition and so forth in, in 2021. Um, there are four items that are, that are detailed in here that I'll point you to. Um, so there, again, there was, there was some improvement there. Um, the first one relates to the actuarial reports. So part of the process is, um, the city transmits information to the actuary and the actuary, um, does their thing and, and, and processes the, the reports and so forth, and then produces reports back to, um, to the city, I think to the board, the pension boards and, and so forth for um, review, and, and then they're provided to us as part of the audit process, and then, and then we, we do our audit steps and, and so forth. Um, part of that process is, is uh, providing that information to the actuary and getting it back, obviously. Um, that process, um, usually produced reports back to us f to audit um, as it says there in early December. Well, that's a pretty short time for, you know, period for us to be able to then take the audit and conduct our audit procedures on those and be able to hit the deadline of getting the report sent to, to Treasury, get it to, uh, you know, to, to council and, and all that type of thing um, to meet those deadlines. So, so that process of, of producing the reports or producing the information to the actuary and then actuary getting it back to the city, um, we're recommending obviously that needs to be pushed up, you know, and, and, and I think, again, I think that's been something that's, you know, been indicated in, in the past and, and, but really a lot of that information is, is information within the system. It's, it's the core people, but it's also the retirees and it's the new people and it's, you know, that kind of information. So, all right, first vice president Wood and then councilwoman Spitzman. Okay, to, to a couple issues with, with this particular uh, finding. One, the board has adopted, the retirement boards have adopted a policy that the information from finance is supposed to be to the actuary by June. And Jake, you know, we've had this discussion before, it doesn't get to them in time. So the actuarial cannot be done by, by our employee the, the retiree board employee because we haven't gotten that information in a, in a timely manner. So the board has done everything that they can to try to make sure that that's happening. Another comment that you uh, have in here has to do with the fact that you believe that uh, we might be in uh, violation of PA uh, 202 of 2017. I reached out to the attorney for the uh, retirement boards, and he believes that you might be mistaken um, with that, that this is a um, eight years that one of two things are to occur. Either a peer actuary audit of the retirement system is conducted by someone other than the board's actuary, or two, that the board's actuary is replaced. PA 202, went into effect on December 2017, which would mean that the boards would be in, would not be out of compliance until um, 2025. So we are not out of compliance at this point. And in um, December of 2017, we actually did a um, compliance uh, with our actuary and did a um, uh, um, 
RFP um, on them. So I just I just wanted to clarify. Thank that you. That's I good to know because we I was not aware that. of that. So that I appreciate that appreciate that information. So uh, if we can make sure that we get that corrected, yes, ma'am, into the record, I would appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Councilwoman Spitzley. Thank you, Mr. President. I won't ask you again. This is a material weakness. Yes, ma'am. Yes. So yes. in the past, um, one of the comments last year, and I think it, from hearing your comment, I, I think it's still the case is, is that one of the issues with this pension and OPEB activity is that the city did not have a handle of who actually was retired or going in the system and coming out of the system. Has that been addressed? There were some, and, and all the testing, because we don't te we don't look at everybody, but the testing that we did, we didn't have any non-compliance with John Doe was in the system and shouldn't be or, or, or vice versa and that type of thing. We didn't have any of that in our testing that, that we did. That so, is correct. Uh, Mr. Brower, have you guys um, determined any of you, have you addressed that where, you know, there were some retirees that weren't counted, there were some that, so have you, do you have an accurate count at this point because last year the year before the year before that was a that was a main issue that you didn't that the city did not have an accurate counting of employees the retired employees that were in and out of the system if you recall that was a bone of contention not only with me but I'm sure with other council members is when you when it was arbitrarily decided to change retirement and change their their benefits how can you do that we don't have an accurate you don't even know accurately how many folks are in the system and so has that been addressed over the past year we've made numerous uh, improvements to this uh, we have taken we have listened to the retirement boards and responded and gotten communication with Greg Stump to provide information on an earlier basis uh, one of the areas that uh, we did not succeed is we did not get it on uh, precisely the timeline that uh, was set by the retirement boards. Uh, however, we uh, did get it at a much sooner basis. And so uh, we've improved our communication with uh, our actuary in order to provide them information, uh, the information that they need in the form that they require it. And we are looking at the data in order to make sure that uh, these errors and uh, misplacements are corrected and taken care of. But Mr. Brower, that's not an actuarial issue. That's an HR issue and a city of Lansing issue mm -hmm. for you to know how many of our folks, retired folks are in the system and going in the system. So mm -hmm. I, I understand that you talk about the, the actuarial requirements, but I'm talking about having an accurate number, an accurate representation of how many retirees are in the system that was that was an issue with the audits for the past five or six years so i'm asking you have you addressed that i would if say that we have we have undergone the mortality study by the retirement board so there's actions that we have taken to vastly improve that can i say that it's perfect not necessarily uh, however it's much better than it was in previous years and we'll continue to make sure that's Councilwoman, I will I will talk to HR tomorrow and I will find out if we can find get an answer for you if this has been done. You're welcome. Very much appreciated. Other questions? All right, please note it is about 648. I certainly do not want to um, cut this conversation short. 
Uh, but if there's a way, we still have four points we have to get through. So if there's a way to be productive, thorough, and efficient, that would be incredible. All right, thank you. Yes, and, and I can combine, how about four and five? We can kind of combine together. It's, it's reconciliation of, of um, and four talks about certain revenue accounts, and .005 talks about material liability accounts. Um, so as part of the process is, is reconciling material accounts and, and whether they're revenues, assets, liabilities, you know, like we talked about bank reconciliations or, or payroll liability accounts or revenue um, accounts. And that's what point four and five are talking about there is, is reconciling those revenues to the revenue po point um, is the revenues that come from the Board of Water and Light as they process some of your utility revenues and so forth. Um, no specific um, reconciliation process was being done to assure that, that all collections and so forth were uh, appropriately remitted to the city. We're obviously recommending um, that that process be reviewed and, and analyzed to make sure that there is, there is um, reconciliation process of, of those, of those um, revenues. Also liability accounts. Um, and, and this very well may um, uh, go to the point that you've talked about um, before is, is those material payroll liability accounts and assuring that, and basically those are dollars in, dollars out. You, you collect dollars, you withhold dollars from, from as a, for instance, you know, employees and that type of thing, and then they get remitted to their appropriate spots. Um, and so that's what we're recommending there on, on point number five. Um, I don't know if there's any specific questions on four and five. And these are, and, and maybe this is one of your questions, but these are actually what, significant deficiencies? That wasn't my question. Okay, <laughs> all right. So, um, but that's what, you know, these are, are kind of that second level of, of findings when we talk about material weaknesses, significant deficiencies, or other items. These are that, that center finding um, as, far as, as far as significant deficiencies. But go ahead. So these two, four and five, I think it was four or five, five or six, um, these are new. They were there last year. They may be numbered differently, and I can grab my I can grab my report from last year. But they they were in there from last year. Okay. Um, so those are repeats. I know that because uh, we didn't have any new issues um, that that were presented this year. So four and five are are repeat issues from from the prior year. I don't know if they're, they got renumbered. I can. Re do you want me? To, I, I can. They were, okay. they were renumbered. So I'll say they're repeat issues, but just like for the past couple of years. So I believe we, as we did the audit for the first yeah. time last year, yeah. I believe that was the first time yeah. that they were in the audit. Correct. Exactly. Yes, ma'am. All right, thank you. Are there other questions? All right, to point uh, number six, payroll process. Yes, so um, point number six, again, a, a repeat significant deficiency. Um, as part of our process, we test the payroll process and, and see, you know, John Doe works, John Doe, you know, gets paid and, and so forth and, and goes, through, um, goes through the system. And, and as we did that, we didn't have any problems with, with anybody's pay or, or hours paid and, and that type of thing. But as it says there in the, in the condition, much of that data entry um, is manual. And so obviously what do you have with manual processes is the potential for error. And so, you know, as we say there is, is that, you know, things are, that they're manually processed and, and submitted and paid um, and without a real um, management review and approval of that prior to the, the dissemination of those dollars. So even though we did not see any, you know, issues with the specific ones that we tested, um, we felt that that's a systemic issue that needs to be looked at to, to try to put, you know, as you, as you look at controls, you look at, preventative controls, 
You look at detective controls, and, and, and obviously the most important ones are preventative. So if you can prevent something from going wrong, that's what we're recommending with, with point number six. Vice President Wood. Uh, thank you. Um, Mr. Brewer, isn't that one of the areas you did some testing in as well? Uh, yes, and like I said, is uh, um, yeah, as I work with HR to go through some of the the issues, uh, but like I said, is uh, I think the comment that made is the external party review or a, a management review of the time cards uh, input entry, um, but like I said, it's a very labor intensive process, um, and there's a lot of inefficiencies from the software, um, and I can't comment on things, but the, from my professional opinion. Uh, with the staff, the staff is, I've seen that improvement. I've worked with them. Uh, you know, Carol, I've had a lot of discussions with them. Um, and I see there's improvement since uh, new management or taken over finance. Uh, but there's still a lot of inefficiencies with bad data uh, from the previous uh, management or finance. And then also uh, the inefficiencies of the computer or the financial system, uh, which I think, um, you know, in the future, they are looking at avenues to possibly rectify some of that uh, issues with inefficiencies, either by upgrading the current financial system or looking at possibly uh, going to another financial system that has more available staff that can hire within the pool of Lansing, because currently the system that they're using is based, was based out of California and it was acquired by a Florida company, um, and it's, uh, for my research, uh, like I said, very limited research, uh, it is not used by a lot of municipal uh, clients in the state of Michigan. So there's not a robust hiring pool. So a lot of these issues, um, what I would say, a lot of these issues that are occurring is because of that sole thing, because essentially when you get a new person in, you have to retrain them. Okay. Um, and uh, sorry about seeing being nope, so long with All right, thank you. Other questions? Seeing none, all right, on to point seven. Okay, and, and the final point is, is unfavorable budget variances. Again, if you, had the, if you have the audit report, um, the full um, annual comprehensive financial review or report, um, page 139 has the details of the budget variances and so forth, and as, as part of this process, um, if there's a budget variance, we're required to report that. And, and so that's what, that's what, um, what this finding is, is that obviously the, the most important thing is to be able to um, monitor that, those expenditures and, and adjust the budget accordingly as, as you see fit, as needed. All right, do we have questions on point seven or general questions or comments? Vice President Wood. I just have a couple general questions. Um, one, um, and, and I, um, send this to, to Jake. I know that when we were going through the budget process last year and talking about um, our general fund reserve or our rainy day fund or whatever we want to call, you know, whatever name we want to put on it, um, there was no anticipation that we would end up with the amount of money that we now have in there. Uh, and I'm trying to figure out from your expectation what we were given during a budget process and where we are today, what do you think happened to increase the general fund reserve? Yes, so at the beginning of FY21, the city was at a $10.1 million fund balance of combined budget stabilization fund and general fund reserves. 
Uh, through that, over the course of that fiscal year, uh, we received some federal assistance in the form of public safety, public health, payroll reimbursement grants, and coronavirus relief for local government grants. Uh, that was $7.3 million in our favor. We also re uh, um, rectified some errors that we had with the IRS and some payment filings that gave us $2.5 million uh, bonus, a combined $9.8 million between those two items. However, those were things that we expected. And with, on top of that, we had uh, projected about a $5.8 million gap between expenditures and revenues, which combined with that $9.8 million in one-time revenues uh, would have uh, given us an ending fund balance of $14.1 million, which was an improvement in the direction that we wanted to go, but reliant on uh, one-time sources. Uh, however, uh, one of the areas in particular that we had expressed the most uncertainty towards and many communities around Michigan had expressed such uncertainty uh, was to the collection of our income taxes. And in particular, we are a community uh, where we are heavily reliant on the state government as a major employer and other uh, employers who really have the capacity for remote work. Uh, one of the areas that we were looking at and concerned uh, through the course of the fiscal year that we could not determine until uh, final accruals have been made was to be the final impact of uh, refunds over the course of the fiscal year. So in response to this uncertainty and this unprecedented situation, uh, we chose the route of uh, a super conservative approach. And so at the beginning of the fiscal year, we had took our original estimate and proposed three scenarios of a moderate impact, uh, intermediate impact, and a severe impact. And so that was a 25, 20, 25, and 30% reduction in uh, general fund and income tax revenue. Uh, overall, we ended up going with the middle route of a moderate impact, uh, which we projected as So uh, the uh, minimal impact was that the executive order for shutdowns would not uh, extend beyond June 1st. As that did increase, we looked at the mini middle impact where organizations were cautious and operating at 50% or lower capacity. Uh, there were other factors that we were considering. Overall, at the end of the year, we were uh, pleased to find out that the worst case scenario that we had feared had not come to pass, and in fact, that uh, we only experienced a mild decline in revenues uh, relative to the previous fiscal year, although greater in terms of what we would have realized without COVID-19. Uh, so that was about a $7.6 million in the positive direction. Uh, overall, another area where we experienced positive news was in the form of state revenues and charges for services. Uh, each of those amounted to a to combined total of $2.7 million in our favor. Uh, beyond those two items and revenues, what really uh, helped the city was the responsibility of our department directors. And so department by department, we see positive variances in which uh, directors heard all the news that we we're telling them. They understood the consequences and the financial position that the city were, was in, and they managed their funds well. Uh, we also took advantage of programs from the state in terms of work share, where we were able to provide employees, uh, uh, f effectively furlough employees for a day 
Uh, however, they would receive the expanded unemployment benefits, which recovered any lost income that they would have received. Uh, for the, and we did that for the two times it was available. Uh, so between that, uh, we got $1.7 million within parks, $1.5 million savings in uh, public safety, uh, $2.1 million in other revenues and expenditures, uh, which brings us to our ending fund balance of $29.7 million. Uh, Thank you. Over, yeah. um, just you know, for folks that are just arriving, uh, as well as those folks that are uh, tuning in remotely, we are still uh, in Committee of the Whole. I think we are incredibly close uh, to, to putting a bow on this thing. Uh, and then what we'll do is take a five-minute break, and then we'll begin our regular city council meeting. Uh, Councilwoman Spitzman. My only other question was when you were giving those um, by departments, that wasn't a vacancy factor. That was on top of savings, correct? Correct. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. President. How much, um, how many, how much um, ARPA dollars contributed to the fund balance? Uh, zero dollars so far. Uh, now, for we received the ARPA dollars in August of 2021, which makes it the 2021-2022 fiscal year, uh, which is the current year that we're in. We will receive the second tranche of dollars in the subsequent fiscal year, uh, which will be as part of our upcoming budget season. And so, so far, uh, as part of our adopted budget, we had originally anticipated a gap between expenditures and revenues of about $18 million in the general fund about $5 million in the uh, parking fund, uh, overall exhausting uh, the first tranche of reserves. Uh, as we take a look at our audit, we are uh, revising our budget expectations in terms of uh, the actual results that we've seen over the fiscal year. The uncertainty that we had felt is now uh, becoming more certain, and so we will provide with you a budget amendment in line with our expectations for the remainder of the fiscal year uh, to account for that and so, so I've because when you with said one time one time when you said one time federal dollars mm -hmm. I, I thought that I thought that was like through the American rescue but that that wasn't yeah that was through the first round of stimulus bills the cares act and so we received uh, 7.3 million from two sources that flowed through to the state of Michigan and came out in terms of grants that were mm -hmm. able to pay for uh, public safety expenditures. Thank you. Thank you. Councilman Garza. Thank you, Council President. I'll be brief. Now, you mentioned um, the uh, the COVID relief dollars that were going to public safety. I heard that there was supposed to be dollars going to public service essential workers as well. And is that not happening anymore? That is uh, in discussions with our bargaining units and between the administration. Uh, there was a grant that we received from the state for 380,000 uh, for first responders that we uh, issued out to all eligible employees and we're reviewing the ARPA final guidance and in discussion with our labor unions for next steps. So uh, no action has been taken, but that does not necessarily mean uh, no action will be taken. I got a, got a couple of hands. Just, I just um, want to follow up on his really no, yep, and we got a couple of hands up a couple let me let me before I forget as well the charter does require uh, it's been brought to my attention the charter requires uh, that the audit be made uh, public through the city clerk's office um, and for whatever reason uh, whether it be the auditor's responsibility or the finance department's responsibility that has not actually been made oh. available to the clerk's office so we, we need to fix that we'll correct okay. that immediately we're gonna go councilwoman wood and then councilwoman Spitzman. 
And, and just for clarification, you've only given out the one payment to public safety. You have not given out any other payments. That's that is correct. To public service or public safety. That's correct. So it's now a negotiating tool. Councilwoman Spitzman. Thank you, Mr. President. So that's my concern is that these dollars aren't supposed to be used as a tool of negotiation or to supplement their existing salary as part of the negotiation. These funds are supposed to be, you know, for them as first responders on the front lines, you know, basically no strings attached. And so it is disturbing if it is in fact true that these funds have been withheld because you're going through different bargaining units. That's my first, that's my first comment. Cause that's, that's what I heard him say as you're talking to various, you know, bargaining units and that money should be there. My other thing is I'm under, so does it just go to police or our fire? Cause I'm hearing discrepancies of one agency is, is getting regular uh, COVID dollars right now and another agency isn't getting any at all. And so I'm trying to figure out, um, you know, are, are we in fact helping out our first responders um, who are out there um, without having it subject to any type of bargaining? The funds Collective bargaining. The funds in question are the state and local fiscal recovery funds, which are part of the American Rescue Plan Act, ARPA. And these funds, we received a sum, uh, we, well, we will ultimately receive a sum in excess of $49 million. Uh, these can be used for four different purposes. Uh, it can be used towards responding to the negative economic or public health impacts of COVID-19, to provide premium pay to eligible workers, uh, and to provide necessary infrastructure in water, sewer, or broadband, and lastly, to pay for government services to the extent of revenue loss. And the, uh, in the initial adopted budget uh, by city council, we had used effectively the entirety of that first tranche uh, to pay for government services to the extent of revenue loss in order to maintain government services without uh, significant cuts and harm to the community. Uh, now, one of the eligible uses among the eligible uses is to provide uh, premium pay to uh, eligible workers being essential workers. And some of the main components of that are, uh, it has to be work that is done in person, uh, either with frequent contact with other people or uh, handling of objects that have been handled by other people. Uh, there's a series of considerations that we need to make in terms of uh, impact by the pandemic and risk and so we are reviewing those conditions uh, to make sure that any premium pay that we do issue is done in, uh, in cooperation with federal guidance. Well, I'm gonna be looking during the budget. I'm just gonna tell you right now, I'm gonna be looking at the budget um, and I'm gonna be looking to see whether or not our police and fire ha are getting this, these dollars and not having it just solely being used to plug up some budget hole um, and they, when they, are, they have been out there for the past two and a half years, um, face to face, and they're not, you know, there are other communities across the board that, are, that have decided that their, you know, public, their, their um, frontline workers are worth getting an increase in pay. And apparently the city of Lansing is not one of those communities. And so I am gonna be looking 
Um, it's very personal to me, full disclosure, but I'm going to be looking to make sure that our frontline workers are being supported like other other communities. Thank and we, you. And we certainly appreciate that. Councilman Garza. Okay, last question, thank you. So I see there was a substantial investment at the parking ramp on Shiawassee and Capitol. And on top of that, I think it was close to $700,000 on a lighting structure. Was any of those one-time funds used for that project? No. Thank you, Council Vice President Wood. But you did use money to shore up the parking fund. We appropriated those dollars for the current fiscal year, uh, but pending final review of the uh, final rule and uh, a budget So there is the anticipation of using the ARC dollars to shore up the parking fund. Yes, you're correct. Thank you. There, are there other questions, other comments? Seeing none, Mr. Kernovich, we certainly appreciate you and your team at uh, Manor uh, Kosterison. I think I said Kosterian earlier. Yeah. Appreciate you. Uh, Mr. Br uh, Brower, as well as Mrs. Kirkland, we appreciate you all uh, being here. And we certainly hope that as we work to um, you know, fine tune the process and get rid of some of these, these comments that um, we're able to work uh, in conjunction with one another, uh, that the, the work is transparent. Thanks so much, I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, that being said, is there any other business before the body? Seeing none, very quickly before we um, adjourn, we're going to take a five-minute break. Uh, and We'll try to start right around 7, in terms of our regular city council meeting, right around 7.15. So with that being said, we stand adjourned at 7.09.